Hey guys, Lauren here. It has come to my attention uh, from a listener after this podcast aired that some of the information contained in this episode didn't cover or fully explain the legalities of working with influencers and your responsibility as a brand to be transparent when you are paying either through money or free product to work with an individual. The FTC in the United States and the ad standards in Canada require all influencers, brand reps, brand ambassadors, whatever, to clearly disclose at the beginning of their post that they are being compensated for their work. This can be done with the hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored, and they can also use the paid post and brand partnership tools that Facebook and Instagram provide. By not doing this, both the brand and the influencer put themselves at risk of being fined. I have linked to the FTC guidelines for the United States and the ad standard guidelines for Canada in the show notes of this episode at laurenkeplinger.com. If you are interested in reading more, which I would really encourage you to do and read it straight from the source, um, to make sure that you're following the guidelines that are laid out and required and that you are protecting yourself as you develop your brand rep program. I do want to shout out to the listener who provided me with this information and called me out on it. I appreciate you. And I always appreciate you guys holding me to a high standard of accurate um, information that can help you protect yourself. All right, let's dive into the episode. Friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren, and today on this episode, I am talking with Karen Dybert of The French Dog on Etsy, and we are going to be chatting about a whole topic that I don't have a huge amount of experience with, so I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. We're going to be talking about working with brand reps and Instagram influencers, so welcome, Karen. Hi, thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. So can you give people a little bit of backstory about you? The way we connected with Karen is in my Facebook group, Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger, and got to talking with some people about sort of this whole working with brand reps and you know connecting with people to promote your products on Instagram. And so that's kind of how this unfolded. But I would like to know a little bit more about your backstory and your shop and everything. I've been on Etsy actually almost since it started. They were like 18 months old when I joined. I started making kids shirts because my kids were little, but as they grew older, they mom made is not cool. And I stopped going to Gymboree and I didn't know it was cool anymore. <laughs> so I stopped making shirts for kids. I just kind of fell out of that market. But the dogs never complained about what you put on them. So I started making dog coats, which morphed into dog collars. And that's where I am now. I make dog accessories, colors, harnesses, leashes, bow ties, bandanas. I th think that's where we'll stop. But I love it. The dog community, it's huge, huge. And I've always been a lifelong dog lover. Um, I grew up on a farm. The farm dogs were my favorite. It just seems a natural fit. And because of the dog, 
I've started attending, how do I say this? Pet business conferences. And I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I didn't either until I was invited to one. But you can't go without your pets. My pet is more well known than I am. So he grew my Instagram following, my French bulldog, Louie. So funny. the shop is named the French dog after my French bulldogs. So because of the shop name, I kind of gained a lot of French bulldog followers just by accident. They didn't realize it was a store and I posted photos of Louie. So that helped. Um, so the, the followers, of course, you on Instagram, everyone knows you gain followers for who you are. You know, you seek your own audience, they find you. So that, so I have those. And from there, it kind of morphed into, you know, as it grew, I gained a pretty big following and realized I needed uh, brand reps to help with the business. Yeah. So kind of talk to me about that there. I only have like very limited experience with this. I ran one big influencer campaign, but it was because I have a friend that works in that industry. So I was able to connect with her. But in terms of like actually seeking people out myself and doing that kind Uh of legwork, like how did you get started with that? Or how has that unfolded for you? I don't remember how it started. It'll be six years in June, so it hasn't been that long ago, but, you know, I'm old, so my mind goes. (laughs) So I don't remember how it got started, but I think I realized that there, I'm always following larger uh, shops in my niche to see what they're doing, you know, what their market is, which we all do this. I mean, I've realized some of them have uh, brand reps on Instagram, and I thought that's a good way to go. It's a first off, it's a great way to gain awareness of yourself on Instagram and your company by hosting the brand rep search because everyone wants to be a brand rep. You get perks. Mm -hmm. And if they're liking your stuff anyway, they're going to join. But I have a specific set of rules for joining my brand rep search. First of all, you have to be following me. So uh, you're going to gain awareness that way. And then you need to share it. And I figure that if they're not willing to share, the brand rep search on their feed, they're not going to be willing to advertise for me that well. So already they're going to be out. So they're kind of proving that they're going to be worth my investment too. So I have them post on their feed. And then I have them tag a couple friends in the comments just to, again, gain awareness. You know, your friend might not have known you at all, but if you're tagged in that account, you'll pop over to see what it's about. Right. And they may or may not respond, but at least they become aware of who you are. That's how I conduct my search. And I leave it open for, I think, maybe a week or two, depending. The longer it goes, sometimes I get very overwhelmed. Um, I've had well over 100 people apply in the past, and it gets overwhelming. Yeah, I have a very strict criteria on what I want in a brand rep, and I've learned that to hone that over the years. Mm -hmm. That's going to be my next question. (laughs) Okay. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll just, no, keep going. We'll talk like uh, troubleshooting. Okay. <laughs> but when I'm looking for a brand rep, I'm not looking for the biggest account I can get. You know, I've had people join that or apply that, you know, they have 50,000 followers. You think this is fantastic. But if I see that they're also repping for five other companies and three of them are direct competitors, I'm not going to want that because their time is split between other commitments also. And they're not going to be that dedicated to me. And if they've just started following me just to get in the program, I'm kind of going to give that a little bit of a red flag. Um, That's the purpose and the goal partly of of gaining. But I want people who have been excited about me for a while um, because Mm -hmm. they already know and love who I am. I have a few people. I just added, 
I do a brand rep search every December and I carry my program is way more robust than most people's. I keep about 15 to 20 reps on the team all the time. Okay. And in December I redo, but through the year I'll add a few more. And I just added another one like last month after the search because bless her heart, she has been, she promotes for me better than half my reps. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why isn't she getting paid for this? You know, I need to thank her for this. So That's absolutely like the best kind of person to have that's already in your corner, though. I have students in my program that that's the case, like they're out there talking me up and talking (laughs) about how wonderful the program is and all this stuff. And they're not even affiliates for it. Like, they're just just doing it because they really believe it. So when you have those people that are already like cheering you on, those are are the best ones. (laughs) Yes, you take advantage of that excitement. So you do. Okay, so you have 100 people that are coming into this program. Do you have, I mean, you have to have some sort of systematized way to get their information. I do. One of the other criteria for joining the brand rep search is I create my own hashtag to go with that search. Not a search in general, but that particular year's search. That way I can click and I research it ahead of time to make sure nobody else has that hashtag. Mm -hmm. So that when I click on the hashtag, I can see quickly everyone that's joined. And then I can write, I write them down and I know who to follow. And I look at their accounts right away. If their account of, you know, five followers because they're brand new, they're not going to be in the running. But, um, (laughs) but there are a lot, a lot, a lot that I do like and I do follow for, you know, that the intense two week period. And I look at every post, I look at every word in their posts, I look at their comments, I look at their stories because I want them to fit with my brand. Right. We're family friendly. You know, if they have profanity in their posts, that's not who I want to represent or who I want representing me. And I find that their stories are vastly different than their posts a lot of time. (laughs) Got to watch the stories to see who they are and what they promote there. You just get a feel for who they are and if they're going to be a good fit for you. So they come in to the search by sharing the post and using this hashtag. Mm-hmm. You don't have like a form or anything that they have to fill out. You're no. you're basing it on what you actually see, not just what they're telling you that you're right. <laughs> right. Yes. They're being watched and they don't know it. <laughs> right. So what are you looking for in a follower? Like obviously somebody that has a, a decent engaged following, but and not, you know, doing anything super offensive or anything, but... Beyond that, what kind of content are you looking for them to be doing that would interest Photos. You? Of course, Instagram is a photo uh, platform. Some people are better at it than others. And I look at their pictures and they might take fabulous pictures of their dog and their dog's photogenic. But if they don't know how to get a photo of a collar on a dog, because that's a specific angle. I mean, if you're looking down at your dog, you're not going to see that collar. You've got to get down on the level of the collar. And, you know, you have to know how to promote what you're promoting, right? no matter what the industry. And so I look for that. If the photos have cluttered backgrounds or they're dark, that's not going to be the best promo either. I would be a terrible, terrible brand rep because I'm a terrible photographer. (laughs) That's partly why I have brand rep because I do fall under this. I'm not the best rep myself. So I pay others to do that for me through the program. So I get you. I feel you on that. So I look at their photo content. I look at, like I said, their wording on things, how they say, I don't like pushy either. I'm not a huge salesman myself. I want the products to speak for themselves. And if somebody's coming on the feed and saying, buy this from the French dog, 
it sounds like an ad. <laughs> and I tell my reps, please don't do that. Please make it organic. You know, like, man, this Easter collar is just the cutest thing. And then maybe down in the hashtags, just say, this is from the, the French dog shop. And I get enough business that that works for me. I tell them, please don't. So I look if they're advertising for others, if they're, when they repost the brand rep search, how they worded it, you know, things like that. I look for. Are these like mostly dog accounts or are they? All dog accounts. Oh, okay. So they're not like just a person who's randomly posting here and there about their dog. Only dog accounts. And I do have a few of those joined, but that's not the demographic I'm looking for because dog accounts are huge. I don't know if you've ever followed them on Instagram, but they're they're bigger than most people accounts. (laughs) It's craziness to me. That's so funny. I mean, it's obviously working, so. (laughs) It is, it is. But dogs are huge. Everyone loves their animals, so. Yeah. So when you have somebody that's in this program, like how do you iron out the details? You know, there's a lot of, like a, a brand rep is kind of different than just like working with a random influencer that you're mm-hmm. sending your product to them in the hopes that they'll share or whatever. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of people that hesitate to get into this industry because they're like, what if somebody just takes my stuff and then they don't do anything with it or I don't see any kind of return or like, how does that logistically work where, you know, what are you offering them? And then how are you tracking like the um, return on that? I create a coupon code for each one of them specific. So if usually I name it by the dog, like I have one who's uh, the dog is Miko. So their code is Miko. Mm-hmm. And then they give this year, I dropped it down to 15%. It was 20%. But I'm trying to limit my volume, which sounds horrible to say, but I'm at that well, I, place yeah. where I, I either need to hire more people. I, I hired my daughter, but I either need to hire someone else or minimize. Anyway, so I give them a 15% discount with that and they can use that anytime they want and they share that with anyone. And that's what they promote. Like, please use my code. And I give them each $20 a month and my collars start at $20. So it's kind of the base level that they get, but they get that free every month. Now Etsy doesn't allow you to give away anything for free. So it's $20 off of 25 and they know that up front. Um, I, I don't deceive them with that. So they do have to spend a little, but usually most of them actually spend more. Like they'll take that $20 and buy $50 worth. So I'm making some money on them, which is kind of nice that way. But they can use that code through the month for anything they want or through the year. I actually have them on for a whole year just because it's so labor intensive to yeah. find yeah. all of them. Um, most I'm, t- I'm hearing are a quarter or a half a year. I don't do that. I'm, I'm vastly different than anyone else, but it's working for me. So I keep going. Well, I would imagine too, since you've been doing it for a while, you've been able like... I don't know that I would tell somebody that's just diving into this to sign on for a year with somebody because that's a long time if it doesn't it work out. Or if you're like, oh my gosh, this content that they're putting out is like not good. Right. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You know, so I think sometimes those shorter periods are helpful in the beginning. But then once you kind of figure right. out your parameters and your boundaries, then it gets a little easier to extend that. It does. It does. And I find too that sometimes the ones that I don't jive that well with, it's kind of a mutual and we don't interact much. They don't promote much for me and I don't push it. So we just kind of ignore each other the rest of the year. And that kind of works out too. So, but the $20 I give them in addition to that per month, they get an additional $5 every time their code is used. 
So that's oh, an incentive okay. for them to push the code and not yeah. just not just say, oh, I'm still getting free, you know, because they can. I've had like last last April during the pandemic, it became crazy. I introduced masks and because Etsy oh, was pushing if you could. And uh-huh. it was absolutely insane. Like I had brand reps earning over $100 a month. They were earning that much. And that was just from the $5 extras they were getting. So there's potential there that they can really. And and I'm starting this year a new program to um, monthly incentives. I don't tell them my dollar amounts, but uh, just tell them like, I want to increase by 30% sales this month. And if we collectively reach that goal, I'll give you $30 instead of 20, things like that. It just gets them excited. It helps them feel part of the team. Yes. And we have a chat group going in the DMs all the time where everyone's part of. And I can keep them informed like, hey, I have the spring launch coming up. Like tomorrow's my son's 18th birthday. He has Down syndrome. And that's part of why everyone loves my store because they get to support him and see him. So tomorrow's his 18th birthday. And we always celebrate that with a big sale. So I'm coordinating the spring drop with the um, sale. And our store also, we donate to help end human trafficking. I give a set amount each month, but $5 from every sale tomorrow also will go toward that. So those are big reasons to help promote and people love that. So they're going to help promote and I can advertise that and let them know in the chat, like what's going on, let them know anything that's coming up. Yeah. A little more real time communication. Yes. And that's kind of behind the scenes stuff that they need to know about, but nobody else does. We also have another group chat going on where we just share photos so we can love on each other and help promote each other a little bit better. Because why not? Why have a family if you're not going to work for each other? So, yeah. and it does help help promote togetherness, which is good. And I have a lot of reps that if I like them and they've done well for me, I'll give them the option of staying on the next year instead of cutting them. I would say probably eighty to ninety percent choose to stay on. Oh wow, that's great! Even though that's it's great. a it's a big commitment, they like it well enough. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. that while it's costing me a lot, um, because I find that. Most rep programs don't give free things. It's like here you can get 40% off and that's what you advertise with. I'm spending money for these people. They're my paid advertising. Yeah. And I feel that it works well for me. And because of those codes, I'm able to track on Etsy how often they're used and who's making the most money for me. Like, are there times that you cut people? You say, I'm sorry that this is not gonna, it's not profitable for me for you to only have, you know, two sales a year or whatever. Hey everyone, I want to take a quick second just to invite you to my free Facebook group, Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger. This Facebook group is the best, most supportive Etsy community on all of the internet, and I am so thankful for the members. If you would like to join, head over to laurenkeplinger.com forward slash Facebook, and that will redirect to that group. I hope I'll see you there. I do. I'm like the kindest person ever, so I can't really say that. It just goes against who I am. So I wait until December, and I'm like, well, it was a fabulous year getting to know you, but it's time to part ways and give somebody else a chance to, you know, fill in this. this I'm not really a sugarcoater, so. (laughs) Oh, gotcha. Yeah. No, I did have one. Bless her. I used to send emails, and then I thought, why am I getting emails? We have the DMs to do this in, so... So I had sent her an email the one year and said, you know, and bless her, she advertised heavy for me and she did so well. Her code was just never used. And I Mm. don't know why. It's just one of those things. But I thought she's been on for three years and it's doing me 
no good. So, so I just sent her an email. I was, I was. And I thought, oh, I've got to cut her. And it was such a stress for me because that's just not my personality. So I sent her an email and said, oh, we're going to have to part ways. She never got the email. So, so when I added the new reps the next year and I was like introducing them, she's like, oh yeah, don't forget me. And I'm like, oh yeah, don't forget you. <laughs> so the next year I just had to say, listen, I'm sorry. That's hilarious. <laughs> you gave her another year because she I did. I did. You are nice. <laughs> okay. I really am. <laughs> Surprisingly, I make money in my business. <laughs> I know. So I actually wanted to ask you about that. So you're talking about donating these proceeds to the human trafficking and giving these coupons and $5 for every sale. Like, how do you figure out these numbers so that you're not just running like a super time consuming hobby? You have to know your numbers. Yeah. 100% first and foremost, you have to know your numbers. I have a product that I'm able to make a very good profit on. It doesn't cost me much to make the collars. So I'm able to sell them. It's such a markup that I can be generous this way. And I understand not everyone has this luxury, which really dictates what your brand rep program may be. Because if you don't have those numbers to work with, don't do it. Um, you're going to, to lose money um, trying to advertise. And that's not going to work for you. You've got to know what your numbers are and what you can support. So I can be generous that way, but you have to know what works for you. I would imagine there was probably a scary like learning curve going into that though. Or did you start off with different benefits? Like, you know, if you jump right in and say, I'm going to give you $20 every month and I'm going to give you $5 on every sale. Like, did you just say, I'm going to try this for some period of time and see if it works? Or did you up the incentives as you knew that it was working? I used to pay quarterly and not monthly. And it was, if you advertised for me, which I had to keep track of all the time, if you advertised for me the previous quarter, then you got the code. And I make coupon codes for them to use for their free stuff. Um, Then you got the code. But if you didn't do the advertising, you didn't get that. They can re-earn it the next month. And I get it because life happens. You know, if you've had a sick kid that's been in the hospital, that comes first. I'm not going to knock you. Um, So you have to know what works that way. And they know it's mutual. If you've earned it, you get to keep it. But it's a lot of work to keep track. So now I just throw the codes out because I'm super generous. So now I just throw the codes out. And if I have some tell me I'm not going to use that because I didn't really feel like I advertised because they're just good people that I have working for me now. Right. Well, I imagine that I mean, you're being very kind and generous. So, And I get that back in return, so, right, exactly. which, is, which is part of why you build that rapport with them. Yeah. Do you have parameters of what you say? Like, this is what I want from you on a monthly basis, like deliverables that they're giving to you? Yes. I tell them that uh, they are responsible for getting the things to advertise with. That's what their credit is for. (laughs) And I try to tell them, please don't shop for my clearance section because it'll be sold out. (laughs) And and if you're telling people this is fabulous, I got it from the French dog and it's not there, they'll get discouraged. I tell them I expect about four posts a month, which roughly equates to once a week. But if they want to do them four days in a row running, you know, however they want, about four a month, and I want it to feel organic and not pushy. And I do expect them to repost anything that I tag them in or throw out in the DM chat, whether it's an upcoming sale, a product launch, a giveaway that I'm hosting. Okay. So do they... As part of this program, do they allow you to use the pictures on your Etsy shop or are you just Mm -hmm. using them in 
because I, I noticed you have a lot of followers on Instagram at this point. So I'm assuming, you know, you're able to track these sales on Etsy. The, the goal here is not just to grow your Instagram account. I would imagine that's right. kind of like a byproduct goal. Right. You know, but it's not profitable unless you make sales. So just having a lot of followers right. isn't fun unless it's working for you. <laughs> no, it's all about the cha-chings. <laughs> right. So do they give you permission to use these pictures for advertising and stuff? Like that's part of it? Yes. In fact, I... I forget to ask sometimes, but they assume they know that that's what this is for. And a lot of times I'll even ask them, you know, they'll, they'll put up a story that was a fabulous picture with writing all over it. I'm like, Hey, can you show me the, the original? And can I use that on the website? And usually are thrilled. They're like, Oh my gosh, my dog is on the actual website. And you know, they're thrilled with that. Um, now yeah. with this, you have kids products. That's a little trickier. Please, please ask to use somebody else's child on yeah. uh, advertising. Well, there's like nothing creepier than like scrolling through Instagram and seeing a picture of your kid on somebody's profile. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> the dog world is different. You're thrilled. You're like, my dog made it there. Right. <laughs> yes. Know, know your industry. Know your industry. Yeah. I would imagine that that's like a really big benefit to this program though. Kind of like we talked about in the beginning, like I'm not a good photographer, Unfortunately, when I did the Instagram influencer campaign that I did, the deliverables were not a part of the program. Like I didn't get the pictures. You had to pay like, it was crazy. It was like $1,500 a picture or something. Like it was so expensive. I was like, "Um, I'm good, I think. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Yeah. But having that, this is a way for people, particularly I think with things that are seasonal, you know, things that switch out every season. And so you're constantly kind of having this, these seasonal launches and stuff like to get good pictures from people who can do them, you know, so that every single thing is not just taken in your living room with your dog and whatever kind of lifestyle pictures that are hard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it does. I do get a big variety of photos. They're much better photographers than I am. Their dogs are usually better trained. We've got a five pack here and I, they're like kids, you know, one acts up, they all act up and, you know, getting them all to sit is not a happening thing. So others are much better at photography than I am. Their one dog is very well trained and, you know, they're able to actually, some of these people take their dogs to have professional photos taken and in my accessories. And so it's so much better than what I can do. And that's part of why I'm paying them. Um, so hefty in product because they really are providing me with a big service that I can't completely do myself And time. Time is so limited, you know, as a successful business, these are the things that I could spend three hours trying to get photos. And at the end of the time, I might have one good photo. And I think this is such a useless waste. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think just for people listening, like that, that's a really important point that, you know, a lot of people just look at the, the expense of it, like the money out, but Mm -hmm. You know, you have to also think about not only the sales that are coming in because Mm -hmm. you do have some expenses with that too, but also the other parts of it that are a little bit more intangible, like the advertising and photography and these things that can really take your shop to the next level that you can't necessarily replicate on your own. Right. Now, I had brand reps in December. So in January, it's actually a big month for me Mm -hmm. because those new reps bring in new clientele. 
Right. And their followers are excited about what they're excited about. And they're excited in January because they just got on. This yeah. is fun and exciting for them. So I have a spike in sales in January and I directly correlate that to my brand rep program. Yeah. Through the year, it wanes a little bit. Over summer, I think a lot of stores wane. People are out doing things, not online shopping. But I 100% know that I get more sales based on their enthusiasm and the new reps that I bring on. So that would be a bonus to having a brand rep search maybe twice a year or even more. Mm-hmm. I just find it a lot of work and I yeah. don't like that. So I do it just for a year. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, Karen, thank you so much for coming on today and doing this. This was fun. It was a really uh, a different... I, I kind of am trying to think of how I could do a brand rep search now. I'm not sure it would work for me because I only have two products. So I'm not sure what they would buy over and over again. <laughs> but um, but it was really interesting. I think that this is going to be really helpful for a lot of people who are interested yeah. in diving into so. that. Yeah. So can you tell people where to check out your Instagram and your Etsy shop? I am on Instagram, the French dog. And you will know me. I have a black and white logo of a French bulldog that says the French dog. And on Etsy, it's the French dog. All right. Great. Thank you again for coming. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Bye.